Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Well, I feel like the Lord gave me something um, for us, for our attention, and um, I feel like it'll do us some good. subject overcoming my triggers overcoming my triggers this is suicide prevention month and I always take time every year to talk about mental health because uh, people don't realize the importance of it and um, I always take a time to do that and this is my time to kind of do this I really originally thought that it was just going to be a one Sunday message but after talking with some of our pastoral team, they was like, yeah, you're going to have to squeeze a little bit more out of it. So I'm going to do that this morning. All right. But come on with me on a journey. I don't have a base scripture, but I have various scriptures that is going to substantiate what we are talking about today and prayerfully that it will help us in our journey. Amen. So you may be asking yourself, what are what is this whole triggers thing you're talking about? Triggers, ladies and gentlemen, are sensory reminders that cause painful memories or certain symptoms to resurface. Commonly used to refer to the experiences of people with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. The term trigger, ladies and gentlemen, can also be used in the context of other mental health illnesses. Triggers, just to plainly put it to you, uh, it is, um, are anything that might cause a person to recall a traumatic experience that they've had. An emotional trigger is anything including memories, experiences, or events that sparks an intense emotional reaction regardless of your current mood, regardless of your current, your current mood. Believe it or not, all of us got a trigger. I don't care who you are. Yeah. All of us are triggered in one way or another. No matter how old you are, children, ladies and gentlemen, even have triggers. Yeah. Everyone does. Everyone does, and, and, and here it is, is that how do, how do triggers form? Triggers form when we experience trauma. Our brains tend to store surrounding sensory stimuli to memory. Then when we encounter these sensory triggers years later, the brain may reactivate the feelings associated with the trauma. I want you to understand what that means in layman's terms, meaning that you remember and store up things that were painful. And you've been doing it since birth, believe it or not. When you come into full understanding, there are certain things that may have uh, may have, have caused certain things to happen or an experience that may trigger you. I'm going to give you an example. When you're a kid, you know what I'm saying? If you ha had, did not have somebody that was in the house a lot, you may have grown up with when you get that feeling from friends and you ain't getting text messages and all of that stuff like that, you may feel abandoned. You may feel, you, you want to know, how do I got abandonment issues? Because most of the stuff stimulates when you were a child. And over time, things 
build up. Ladies and gentlemen, our life experiences and what we encounter in life ultimately builds up. And there are certain things that when we are triggered, it, it takes us back to a place of that pain. It takes us back to, wait a minute, that, that's what happened there. It, 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 it recalls back to us that painful experience. And so you wonder why, like, hey, I was doing good until that happened. I was good because that is the thing that will tick you off. Triggers are different, ladies and gentlemen, from you just being uncomfortable. It's a different thing. Or, or, or you know, just because I've made you uncomfortable by the truth don't mean that you, I mean, you could be triggered that way, but I don't see how that would be. But there's a difference because we throw these words around in mental health and not understanding that that's why certain substance abuse happens in people's lives because of the fact that there are certain triggers that causes them to react in that way that will lead them into that path. Yeah. Am I making sense? Now, there are internal triggers, ladies and gentlemen. There's internal triggers. Internal triggers comes from within the person, so that's within you. It can be a memory or a physical sensation or an emotion. That's those that are in you. Say, that's in me. There's internal triggers inside me. All right? And, and, and that can be anger, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, vulnerable, abandoned, or out of control. It can be loneliness. It can be muscle tension, memories tied to traumatic event, pain, sadness. Those are internal triggers that are within us. Yeah. Then, ladies and gentlemen, you have what we call external triggers. External triggers, and this is some of the things that we get hung up on, is comes from person, a person's environment. They can be a person or a place or a specific situation that caused, uh, uh, that caused the trigger that now has been embedded into your brain that when that happens, it causes intense emotional pain. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here's the thing that I want to be able to explain to you, and hopefully I can articulate it well, is that, ladies and gentlemen, all of these things impact us. But here's the thing that people do that we have to stop doing. We cannot sweep that stuff under the rug and leave those things that happen in our life that caused, our, caused pain unchecked because they will keep being a source of pain and lead you in a dark place if it's not dealt with. Don't be in denial acting, acting as if that you got over it and being on this whole, un oh, I'm unbothered, but you're not. You're not, because when that trigger happens, you already go off. You go off. Why do you go off? Because you ain't fully healed. And what we do is we sweep things under the rug like, nah, as long as I don't see that, I'm good. As long as I don't see that, I'm good. It don't exist. You feel like out of sight, out of mind until it comes into mind. And something, you, you run into somebody or friend that betrayed you. And then you trying to start new friendships. And when you sense or smell or look and see, oh, the slightest thing that reminds you of that betrayal. Nah, fam. 
It's ghost time. <laughs> they hit you up like, what I do? You don't even respond to the text like, nah, you look familiar. Uh -uh. I got PTSD. <laughs> I, I'm trying. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? I be like that. I, I get a, ooh. I, yeah, mm, ah, that's you. I'm out of here. <laughs> what happened? It's not you, it's me. It is me. PTSD, memories. Memories. Bad memories. Bad memories. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Leticia. And I'm Boomy. And we are from Transformation Music. And we are so excited to let you guys know that we just released our first ever single. It's called Be Exalted. And it's available right now on all platforms. You can find it on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, you name it, it's there. So go ahead and download it right now. We're so excited to share this with you, and we hope you enjoy it too. Absolutely. And as always, transformation starts. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell on myself. I tell on myself. You know, when you're in this particular position of pastoring, it comes hard to trust people because of the things that you have endured and the things that you've done. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, it's hard to come to break the, you know, to get through of the level of trust because when you see something any inkling of that spirit that, rem that is similar, and it could be very unintentional. You feel what I'm saying? It could be very unintentional. You see it like, nah, I'm not getting close to you. And here's the problem with trauma. Trauma robs us of our future. And it robs us, ladies and gentlemen, of the people that could potentially be blessings to us, but we take our PTSD in another relationship. We take it there. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, it leads to self-sabotage. You have to understand that this is the way that the enemy fights you. The enemy fights like this. It's not about, oh, he's trying to take your stuff or none of that. No, no, no. What the enemy will fight you the most in your life is here. It's the mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The battle is here. The battle is in your mind because whatever comes here is what you're going to react on. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, his goal, ladies and gentlemen, is to rob you of the peace that, trying, that God has given you here, the peace of mind. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is, is that the enemy, what he does and what he, he tries to do is, is that he uses certain things that he knows that are triggers to us. Let me tell you something. Let me help you understand. Most people think that the devil is dumb. He's a very intelligent being. Yeah. What makes him dumb is that he thinks he can be against God. That's right. But he's been playing us and doing the same things for centuries. Yeah. He's been doing that. Don't you understand? And there's something that I have to come to understand, and there's, I'll give you this for free. But there's a study of angels that I did in my personal time, and the angels have studied human history. They've studied us. And you have to realize is that the enemy knows what to pull on. It ain't nothing different. 
The goal, ladies and gentlemen, is that, listen, if you're trying to think that you, you want to become free in Christ, his job is to rob you of the freedom. Are oh, you get what I'm saying? All right, let, let, me, let me give you some Bible here so we can be on the same page because I don't do anything without the word. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You cannot be ignorant of the devices of the enemy because if you are, you will be taken advantage of. Yeah. He will take advantage of you because you are ignorant to the fact when we're in denial that that is a trigger. Those things that are, those things cause me to go into a place that, listen, that, you know what I mean, that, that, that I get, a, that, that boils up that past memory, that trauma that makes me react. So you have to be careful of that. Here we go. Let me give you another one. Ephesians 4, verse 27, it says, and do not give the devil an opportunity. See, when we open ourselves up, ladies and gentlemen, and try to push things under the rug and not having to deal with it because you don't want to go back to that place of pain, you're going to allow yourself to, that pain is not, hasn't gone anywhere. And But when you haven't dealt with it, you give the devil a foothold, an opportunity to be able to influence this. You cannot allow that trauma to stay there. And have you react the same way because that's the devil's foothold. If you were really of God, he wouldn't allow that trauma to happen in your life. And then not only are you mad at the trauma, but then you're mad. You got a problem with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, I have to understand that whatever you, the enemy puts images and people in our environment to trigger the temptation that could potentially lead us into sin. See, the enemy does not make us sin. He puts it around us in the environment, ladies and gentlemen. Certain people that you he knows that could be used and be triggered, ladies and gentlemen, that, could, that can potentially lead us into a place of sin. The goal of the enemy is to always tempt. And what are you going to do? Are you going to overcome the temptation? The Bible tells us that there is no temptation that's uncommon to man, that God has not provided a way of escape. There's always an escape, but do you want to take the route of escape? Do you want to choose to live with it, or you want to choose to then deal with it and take the escape that God provides? All right. Galatians 5 verse 1 says this. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. You know that some of us are allowing. Let me tell you this before I say that. Jesus has given us the gift of freedom. The gift of freedom is through Jesus. And in this gift, ladies and gentlemen, it was not just to free us from the law of sin and death. But this gift is that Jesus wants to heal you physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And he wants us to come and accept this freedom. Let me give you an example, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, with the Emancipation of Proclamation, here we go, is that when the slaves were told legally that they were free, but they weren't free here. You have to understand that you are legally free because Christ purchased your freedom on the cross. You are legally free. That means I am free 
from the law of sin and death. Not only that, but I am free from any attachment of the enemy. You can have that legally, but here's where Christians and believers struggle. They don't believe it here. They don't believe it here. You have to believe that, well, I don't feel free. No, it don't matter what you feel. It's what I really am. You still think you're a slave. No, you're actually a free man. Here's the problem is that if here's the problem. Do I still stay in the yoke of the trauma and the hurt or I do and be what Christ said I am? I'm free. I am free. I am delivered from those things. Here we go. Let me go give you Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal who? The brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captive. He wants to proclaim liberty to those who are captive in their minds. Who have been captive, who's been captive, who's been broken hearted. He said, I've come to heal and proclaim that there's freedom. I came to proclaim that there's freedom. And Jesus wants us to come into a place of freedom. In, our, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in, in every way, in every way, in every aspect of our lives. Ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, there, God wants to make us free, but there is a role that we play in our freedom. When I counsel people, ladies and gentlemen, the thing that I see that is most common to people is that they can come for help, but they don't want to do what it takes to do the thing that they need to do in order to be free. They tell me, Pastor, can you pray for me? I don't mind praying for you. But guess what? There's something you have to do in your healing. There's something you have to do in your deliverance. I can pray all day for you. I can speak in tongues. Go in. It means nothing if you don't do what it takes to get the healing that you need. How do I know this? Let's look at the miracles of Jesus. Let's look at that man at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus asked that man, do you want to be healed? Then he tells him, get up and walk. What did that man have to do? Get up and walk. When Jesus put mud on that blind man's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Shalom, what did he have to do? Go walk to the pool of Shalom and wash it off. Ladies and gentlemen, what Jesus shows us is that there is a part that you play, and that that part is faith. (laughs) Ah, You got to believe, and your belief forces you and pushes you into action. All right, well, how do we know this? James 2, verse 18 says, but someone may say, may well say, you have faith and I have works. Well, show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. Ladies and gentlemen, James tells us that uh, faith without works is dead. You can say that you have faith, but if you don't have no works behind that faith, meaning that if there is no action with what you are believing, then there, what, that's not faith at all. That is a dormanted faith. That is, that's not working for you. But real faith says that, hey, I'm trying to get healed. And so faith says, I believe God is the source of my healing. And because I believe that God is the source of my healing now my action is God what must I do to come into my fullness of my healing God what must I do what part do I play do I gotta get up from my bed do I gotta get rid of the substances that are around me what do I do so I can get to the healing 
If you want to be healed, then you got to do what's necessary to be healed. Pastor Brandon, I'm struggling with alcohol. Okay, first step, remove it from your environment. Pastor Brandon, I'm struggling with, you know, I love the weed. Get it out your environment. Pastor Brandon, I'm struggling with lust. I'm watching porn. Well, put a block on your computer. Come on, somebody. There's stuff you have to do. Well, Pastor Brandon, you know, there's this guy, he ain't really commit himself to me, but, you know, he called me from time to time, and he cute and all that stuff. Like, well, block his number. Well, Pastor Brandon, you know, I love the women. I can't be with, you know, I got problems in that. Well, do me a favor, son. Do me a favor. Chill out. Practice self-control. There's things you got to do. There's things that are practical things you got to remove from your environment. That's running these friends around me that they causing me to go back into my old self. Then get from around them. <laughs> get from around them. Well, Pastor Brandon, that's easier said than done. Yeah, I know it is. But do, what do you care most about? Do you care most about your mental health and you being free or you care about being around the drama and all of what people got going on? What do you care most about? Are you care most about so you can be the social light of everything, but inside you're really hurting? No. See, here's the thing when people talk to me, what do you value most? What is it that you value? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want, do you want to come into what God has for you? Well, yeah. Well, show that you value your mental health more than you value in other people's opinions. That's my faith believing. All right. Because here's what faith says, that even if I remove myself, God knows how to put the right things around me when I obey his word. Are you hearing what I'm saying to us? So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's, let's get deep. Is this, is this, is this good so far? Here we go. So how, how then, how then, so how do we overcome our triggers in this part one of the message? I want to just focus on one thing, and I want you to hear this. Healing begins with acknowledgement. Say that for over your life. Say healing, healing. begins yeah. with acknowledgement. So what is that? Acknowledge means to accept or admit the existence or truth of. So number one, we must acknowledge our triggers to ourselves. It starts there. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest. Like, man, that did cause me some pain. Wow, that really did hurt. That divorce did hurt. That trauma, that, that did scar me. That, that, that did have a, you know, my relationship with my, my, my parents, that did, that, that did have an effect on me. That, that did. Them not, not, me being betrayed by those who I did stuff for, that did hurt me. Yeah. It did. You got to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Here's what I've learned. When you choose not to be honest, you choose to stay in denial. When you're not honest because you want to be like, yo, I'm a strong man or I'm that strong woman. No, you're not. All of us, ladies and gentlemen, got some type of thing that really hurt us. 
Oh, no, I ain't hurt me. No. Well, it, let me tell you how it did. Well, let me see how you operate now with everybody else you, you, you interact with. And I can show you how that, whatever happened to you, has now gone into, and synced into other things that you've put your hands on. And people that you've been around. You have to understand, guess what? When we, when we go through some things, that stuff go into other things. If you, let me, let me tell you something. I was watching this show that they had me watching. I said, my God. I'll answer who was they, my brother and my sister. We was over at the family house for Labor Day weekend, and um, they had me watching this show, man. Like, what was that show called? Sweet Life on HBO Max. And I just was saying to myself, I'm like, is this really what is going on today? <laughs> like, this is scary. <laughs> this is really toxic. This is really toxic. It's a reality show, you know? I'm not even talking about the show itself. It's just so, it's funny to me about people's mentality. And they don't realize, uh, they didn't realize how the trauma, one of the ladies, one of the girls, they was in a therapy session, and they speak of the trauma that they had with the individual that they were with. And the individual that they're with ladies and gentlemen, wants to have a baby. Uh, but they're not married and none of that stuff like that. Uh, that's another conversation for another day. But anyway, they try to have, they, he want to have a baby. Like, no, listen, man, we can have a baby. But left her hanging in the past. So it caused her to have an abortion, right? Right? But now you want something, but, you, but that trauma then is still there. And you're not going to give that man what he want because you remember that place. Yeah, Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You remember that place. And I'm watching the TV, girl, you better not do that, girl. Get away from me. <laughs> get somewhere else. <laughs> I'm like, come on, y'all be talking to the TV. Like, come on, get away from me. I don't even know if that brother got a job. Get away. <laughs> get away. We watched everybody on that show working, and this brother don't do nothing besides get her coffee and tea. I'm like, what is this? What is this? I use that as an example, though, to show you that guess what? There are some things that creeps into other places. Why? Because we haven't fully dealt with what was going on here. You have to understand that. You just can't accept it. You, 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 you just cannot accept the fact of, okay, I'm good with that. No, you have to be honest. And here's another reason why people don't be honest is because if they're honest and if they acknowledge that this is triggered, then that means they got to deal with it. Let's be honest in the room. There's sometimes like, I don't want to admit that because you don't see it like that. No, but no, it, it is like that. No. Oh, man, I'm actually have to deal with this. I'm actually have to go and actually do some things in my heart and really, really take some, you know, self, you know, time to reflect. Because, wow, I got to get myself right because I'm not going to be right for somebody else. I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be right for, you know, me being who I am to other people. I, it's just not going to work. I got to be honest. Yeah, like, you got to check out the mirror. Therefore, if this is a little break, if you didn't watch the message, mirrors, go on YouTube and watch it. It was done two weeks ago. Anyway.
You got to do some heart checks and be honest. You got to do some hard work. Here, okay, here's another thing I want to give you. Number two, you got to acknowledge that you got to acknowledge your triggers to trusted friends and counselors. Can I talk to somebody in here? You got to be very careful who you call your bestie and who is people you can confide in. I mean, seriously. Because you can't just share your personal in-depth stuff with people you know is already jealous of you. It don't work that way. You got to trust somebody who you know that we take this stuff to the grave. You know what I'm saying? We take this stuff to the grave. Amen. There's some people I know who I can talk to that, listen, we going down with secrets buried. (laughs) And the people of God said, come on, let's tell the truth. You got to have that graveyard friend. We taking this down to the end. You got my back, I got yours. You know my stuff, you got you know my stuff. And no, we don't use it against each other. Hey, I'm gonna tell you this in confidence, and we go into the grave with it. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the reason why I say this is because we feel as though that we have to do it by ourselves because our environment. You feel me? Your environment, you feel like you have to hold it all in. And you holding it all in is breaking you down. You cannot cannot suffer in silence. And so many times we had a suicide uh, 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 email not too long ago because somebody is suffering in silence. You cannot suffer in silence. You've got to release it off of you because the more you hold it, the more it weighs you down. Are you hearing? I don't want to be full of weight. I don't want to carry unnecessary things that I don't need to carry. Let me talk to somebody. Here we go. James chapter 5 verse 16. Hello, I'm Vernon Hill Sr., teaching pastor here at TCF. Hello, my name is Aretha Hill. I am the director of Glory Girls. Thank you for watching us today. If you're in need of a church community and you feel the Lord leading you to connect to this ministry, become more than a member. Be a partner. When you partner with TCF, you become an agent of change, assisting the vision and the mission of the church to connect lives of the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. We would love to partner in community and do life with you. So come to TCF. We look forward to seeing you. And remember, transformation Transformation starts starts here. James chapter 5, verse 16 says this. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Here's the top. Confess it to one another. Just not any old body. I'm just telling you, the trusted one. Let them know so that they could pray for you. Sometimes, yeah, I can pray for myself, and I pray good, but I need somebody else to help intercede for me when I'm weak. I need a prayer friend. Hey, listen. I ain't going to tell you everything on the phone. Just pray for me right now. I need somebody I can call on that phone, and they don't have to wait all day long to hear, well, what happened there? What are the specifics? You don't need no specifics. I call. It's time to pray. 
<laughs> it's time to pray. Help me. I feel triggered. Help me. I got to pray. We got to pray for one another. You got to confess it. And you don't care. When you have the right person that you can confide in, you don't have to worry about being shamed. You can, that, that embarrassment leaves because, hey, I know who I'm talking to here. I already feel it already. I don't need you on top of it. Now, keep people, keep one another accountable. I'm not saying that. You got to keep each other accountable here. But still, don't add on to the pressure when I'm already feeling what I'm feeling. See, Jesus. I already feel the conviction of God. My own conviction. Now I feel you. (laughs) I don't need all of that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here we go. Here we go. This is why this is important. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Listen, you don't got a real friend if you can't go through adversity. You don't got no friend. (laughs) If they can't go through adversity with you, you you got an acquaintance, but you don't got no friend. I said, it said our brother is born for adversity. We've gone through adversity together. We're going to see an outcome, a victory at the end of it. We going at this together. You cry, I'm crying with you. You victorious, I'm gonna be victorious with you. You go out there, I got your back. Why? Because a real friend is born in adversity. You want to test your friend? You want to see your friendships really be at test? Go through some adversity. I tell you who you. I'll show you who your real friend is. That'll show you who the users are. That'll show you the people who go behind your back. See, I knew they weren't like that in the beginning. With I ain't even really liked them. You'll know. You'll know. How many of y'all have found out later on when you was going through something? Don't be ashamed. You was going through something, and you find out that the person you entrusted was behind you. See, I told you she ain't a real believer. She don't know Jesus. All right. Last thing I told you is I seek therapy. Why? Here we go. Proverbs 22, verse 3. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Here's what Solomon telling you. Don't be the simpleton. Don't be simple. (laughs) He will turn a blind eye like you didn't see it. Don't act. Don't. don't, In other words, let me put it past the brand. Don't act dumb. Just don't. Don't don't act. Don't act like uh, no, a prudent person. Oh, I see the danger ahead. I feel like I'm triggered. Let me take some precaution. Let me go seek the therapy. See, a lot of times I always talk about counseling and seeking therapy and stuff like that. But I will never say that is a replacement for what Jesus will do in your life. But it's but it's there as a way to help that God uses to help guide us along in the process. God uses it to guide us along in the process. It is not a replacement. It ain't Jesus and therapy. It's straight Jesus. And God uses those things as a way of help towards us. So I'm not, I've always been like that. I've always said counseling is important. You need to talk to people. You need to talk to especially Christian counselors who are able to advise you and bring you along the process. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A prudent person sees it and says, hey, let me take the necessary precautions to deal with what's here. Yeah, yeah. 
And then lastly, ladies and gentlemen, as we come to a close and we get out here because the Baltimore Ravens play at one o'clock. <laughs> I'm just joking, but I'm serious. Listen, we must confess our triggers to God. We must confess our triggers to God. Listen, God cannot heal what you don't confess. God cannot heal what you don't come to him with. Yeah, God knows everything about you, but he wants you to come to him. He wants to hear from you. It ain't that God don't know. He already know, but I'm waiting for It's like this. You know, I'm going to talk to my about my father for a second. His birthday's tomorrow. Y'all give it up for OG. This is the thing that dad does. <laughs> dad can see things going on with each and one of his kids. And he'll let it go on for a little second. And then he just waits till you come to him. You know, I've been noticing that. <laughs> I didn't mean to talk to you about that, actually. <laughs> I noticed it when he just, or he'll come to you eventually like, like you know, you know, what's going on with you? My mom does the same thing. But mom is not, she don't wait like that. Dude. Mom just goes straight in there like, yo! I! But God, our Father, is the same way. There's times like there's times where God will literally just send some come at you, but then God waits for you to finally get tired of feeling that you can do it in yourself. I'll wait because sometimes you gotta wait because sometimes you're not ready. Sometimes you're not ready to come and be and fess up to Him at times. Sometimes you won't keep it to yourself. Nah, he, he, he knows why, why are you hide. There ain't nothing you can hide from him. Right. Ain't nothing you can hide from him. Right. He already knows. You might as well tell him. Here's why you need to tell him. Psalm 34, verse 17. The Lord hears people. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Yeah. He rescues them from all their trouble. Are you hearing me? And it says here, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Man, that crushed me. That really hurt me. And yet he said to those whose spirits are crushed, he said, I'm close. Here's that you have to understand is that God wants to get in there with you. He wants to get in that situation with you. That you're not alone, that you're never alone. The lie of the enemy is to make you think that you are alone, but you're never alone because God wants to get in your situation. He wants to get in that pain with you and comfort you through it. Are you hearing me? He said he wants to get in your situation. And he says the righteous person faces many trouble, but the Lord comes to rescue each time. Every time you call, he's coming to rescue. Every time you call for help, he's coming to bring you out. Every time it says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them from them all. There is nothing that you go through, no matter how big or small, that he will not rescue you from. Here we go. Second Corinthians chapter one. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Here we go. Who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those 
who are in any trouble with comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. What is he saying here is that, listen, who, who comforts, blessed be God. Praise be to his name who comforts us in all of our tribulation. You should be thankful this morning that there is nothing that God will not comfort you in. That he will not strip for you while in the tribulation, while going through trauma. He can help to comfort you in it. He will help to comfort you in it. But you got to acknowledge that. You got to acknowledge it to him. You got to bring it to him so that he can comfort you. So that he can help you in the time of need. That the Lord is a strong tower and oh my God, the righteous can run in and they are safe. That there is a refuge that while I'm in it, God is my refuge. While I'm working it out and dealing with those traumas in my life and dealing with that past, that I can deal with it knowing that God is my hedge of protection. And because I am his child, he ain't going to throw me out there by myself. You got to realize that he's in it with you. That, listen, you can go through the valley of the shadow of death and he's still there. David said, I can make my bed in hell and he's there. It don't matter where you are. It don't matter where you're going through. His arms are not so short that he cannot reach and bring you out. Hallelujah. And here's the, here's the conclusion of everything. The conclusion of it is this, that, hey, you may still be triggered by what, that, what, by what happened to you. I'm not telling you it's going to all go away. <laughs> because there are certain things are just there. But here's the difference, that my reaction to it won't be the same. Hallelujah. I'm not telling you all of your bad memories will leave because they won't. Hallelujah. It would be a lie for me to tell you that God's going to wipe everything away from you. No, no, no. He's going to wipe the sting away from it. Hallelujah. He may not wipe the memory out, but he'll wipe the sting from it that it will no longer have a sting on me where it would cause me to react and lead me in a path of sin. No, 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 no. What it's going to do when I then think about when I'm triggered and that trauma hit, I got a praise on my lips that thank God that I've been delivered from that having the hold on me hallelujah that it don't have a hold on me and this is why I like what the book of revelation says that hallelujah that we overcome by our word by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that my trauma is working a testimony that my trigger is turning to a testimony that God has delivered me from the pit of which I was at and now I got a new mind Jesus, now I feel my help coming on now, Vernon. I feel my strength. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't care what hell I'm going through. I don't care what I'm facing in my life. There ain't no pain. There ain't no trauma that God can't deliver me from. And if you wait on the Lord and be of encouragement, he will strengthen thine heart. I got to overcome this trigger. But you better acknowledge it. Why? Because I'm not living like this no more. I'm trying to live free. And guess what? It ain't going to have the same hold on me. It won't cause the same reaction. 
See, there are certain people who know that they can say certain things to get a reaction out of you. That certain things can happen to get a reaction out of you. But when you mature in God, hallelujah, yeah, you thought you were going to get a reaction. You thought that would be the same thing that cut me. But I had you, oh my God, the joke is on you, devil, because it don't impact me the same war. I'm not in denial of what happened, but I'm rejoicing that even though it did happen, it didn't write the whole story. Hallelujah, that my future is still secure, and that it's in the hands of an almighty God, and you can't pluck me out of his hand. Stand to your feet, I'm out of, I'm done. Stand to your feet, hallelujah, and give God praise that he can't pluck, can't get plucked out of his hand. He can't pluck me out of his hand, that I'm in his hands, that all I'm in his hands, and because I'm in his hands, that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Lift your hands to heaven right in this moment. Whatever it is, whatever it is, between you and God in this moment, acknowledge it before him, whatever that trigger is in this moment. Jesus, I give you that which you know that concerns me, that gives me trouble. I acknowledge your God. I'm not living in denial of it of another day. I'm getting help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, take this moment between you and God. Nobody looking at you. Between you and God in this moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus, because you know all about me. Hallelujah. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, our sins and griefs to bear. Huh. What a privilege to care. Redeemed to God in prayer. <laughs> oh, what peace we often for, forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Ah, oh, because we do not care. Everything to God in prayer. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus will help me, Jesus alone. <laughs> you know what I love about that verse? It says, in my despair, he, he promised he'll help me. <laughs> He promised he'll, he'll carry 
<laughs> me alone. <laughs> In my despair, he promised he'll help me. Jesus will help me. Jesus, Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus will help me. Jesus alone. Jesus will help you. Sometimes those old hymns of the church sometimes is a reminder to you. <laughs> Your grace and mercy, <laughs> it brought me through. Oh, yes, Lord. I'm living this moment because of you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank you and praise you too. Your grace and mercy, hallelujah, it brought me through. Thank you, Jesus. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, repeat this prayer so that no one feels left alone. Say, Lord Jesus come into my heart I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior Lord I acknowledge that you died on the cross that you were buried and that you rose on the third day and that you ascended to the right hand of the father just for me and I want to make you the Lord over my life today in Jesus name I pray amen Listen, if you said that prayer, those of you online and you're watching right now, you text that number. Those of you are here, you fill out that connection card if you made a decision today so we can tell you the how and why of your salvation. Listen, if you're glad that you know Jesus and that you're about to overcome your trigger, come on and give God a praise in here. Your grace and mercy, your grace and mercy. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.